Welcome back to Sick and Wrong, Book Nook. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn by Betty Smith, the American classic about a young girl's coming of age, copyright 1943. Book One, Part Two. The library was a little old shabby place. Francie thought it was beautiful. The feeling she had about it was as good as the feeling she had about church. She pushed open the door and went in. She liked the combined smell of worn leather bindings, library paste, and freshly inked stamping pads better than she liked the smell of burning incense at high mass. Francie thought that all of the books in the world were in that library and that she had a plan about reading all the books in the world. Wackily. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, you're back? <laughs> What the hell is this? I leave for what? A week? And then I come back and it's like the Not Funny Diarrhea Club podcast featuring Lance Wackerly and his gay book collection? It's Book Nook, dude. <laughs> book Nook? <laughs> I came up with it myself. Actually, you it's know... It's a new segment. I, I, you know, it, to be honest, I, I was quite moved by uh, your story. Should we just do a regular show? Yeah, that's why I'm back. What do you, what do you think? I was just going to sit here and listen to you read Book Nook? <laughs> Well, after we're done, then I'll just read the rest of it to you. Okay, well, well, I can just, you can tuck me in at night. Yeah, you can go to sleep and then I'll... Just just like back in college when you used to do that for all of our roommates. God, yeah, I love that. Well, set this aside then. Yeah, no, please, let's let's just shut down Book Nook, (laughs) okay, for this week. Let me put my bookmark back in it. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. And I'm LeVar Burton with Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? It's good to be back. And, uh, you know... To be honest, uh, you know, I was uh, taking the piss out of you there for a second, but yeah. I really did love that show from last week. A lot of people did. A lot of ladies love the dulcet tones. I think that actually was your primary motivation for doing that show. Because uh, you could have read, there were so many other books you could have read, but you chose A Tree Grows in Brooklyn for one reason. Because it's very evocative? <laughs> No, to make the ladies wet and to appear more sensitive to the women. You told me that I wasn't allowed to talk about science fiction, which I thought meant I wasn't allowed to read science fiction. Because I knew you were going to do a science fiction show. And this is like the only non-science fiction book I own, because I found it in the trash when I was moving out of an apartment. No, I do recall like back in the day when you used to... We'd drift off to Slumberland back in college, and you'd read us a story. uh, Yeah, the land of Nod. And I, but um, yeah, the, you know, it was a trademark Wackerly solo show, and I thought you came through with flying colors. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, we had tried to do some kind of Skype thing, yeah, and it just not, didn't pan out. We can't even redo the website. How well, are we going to make Skype work? I think also, you know, I'm I'm at my my father's apartment, and you know, he's sleeping in the same room, and I can't mm. very well do a podcast with my father there sleeping and ailing father and. It just didn't work out. You could have listened to me read, though. That would have been soothing. Actually, you might have been able to cure what ails him. (laughs) Don't don't, uh, oversell it. 
No, but uh, I am glad to be back, and it's nice to have a uh, a regular sick and wrong show going on here. It's nice to be near my slide whistle. Yeah, you got your slide whistle back, and uh, you know that's what your show was lacking last week. I well, the slide whistle lives here, so when you're gone, I don't I don't have a backup at home. Yeah, you should almost I should almost get you like a yeah, or someone should donate like another slide whistle or a harmonica. I harmonica pass might be good. It might yeah, be good like we for said, that. variety. Yeah, I, I could see that a kazoo, a Jew's harp. So uh, no you know, I, I appreciate everybody for writing in and w- and all those kind wishes, the outpouring of of emotional support given to me about my situation, my dad right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the rabbi's pretty sick, as you well know, and uh, it, and when a week comes when I'm not on the show, it's because I have to go on an emergency trip back to Detroit, thinking my dad's about to die, mm-hmm. which has happened already four times this year. My dad's been in the hospital nine times this year, and on four different occasions, we've had doctors call me and uh, my, my sister and my brother and say, it's time to assemble the family. Right. Which is probably one of the most grave, you know, traumatic phone calls you could ever receive, because you're like, oh my right. God, you know, this is it. He's dead, yeah. and you steal yourself for it. You get there, and you're thinking, okay, he's going to die, and then he doesn't. Which is a good reason for doctors to be able to speak with such, you know, I, I mean, it's good that they have such medical, precise medical knowledge of things that they can just keep saying it over and over again. It doesn't really happen because they don't know what the fuck they're talking well, about. Well, I don't see why they would make these false predictions. I mean, I think they, okay, I think they... Can't they, you get the Gersh up there? Isn't the she a Gersh doctor? The Gersh would know, but and she's the a podiatrist. But the Gersh wouldn't fuck around. I mean, <laughs> she's got some general medical knowledge. She could at least be like... D, you don't have to come home. Like, as, a Jew, as, a, as a Jewish fan and doctor, these dudes don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, you know, I don't understand. Can it. we it's get like some we, Gersh we, consulting time? I should almost contact the Gersh about this. But yeah. so, so my father has, has terminal cancer, and so he's been in the hospital, in and out of the hospital all this time. And so we've had to go back. So this time, uh, you know, we had to make me and my brother had to make an emergency trip back. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great sleep, sitting, next, sitting next to my brother on a plane. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've flown with my brother. Yeah. He loves that, it when he d- can't smoke for six hours. That's oh great. Oh, my. You know, all he does, if, he's, if he can't smoke, he sleeps. And, mm-hmm. he, and he, like, snores louder than anyone I've ever heard in my life. I had to put on my headphones. And this woman next to me who didn't have headphones was sitting there. She was sitting alongside him because my brother was in the middle. Just looking at him, just, like, in disbelief at how loud he was. He was worse than a screaming baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. How many was, times got he, awful. How many times did he flag down the steward for a, a Coke? Coca-Cola. Well, he slept the whole time. Oh, okay. My, my brother could sleep standing up. I've, I've never seen anyone sleep as much as he can. Which like a weeble actually, wobble. But you know what? To, to be honest, he's a very agreeable person when he's sleeping. He's yeah. Tol- yeah, you can tolerate being around my brother when he's sleeping. Even with the snoring. Yeah. Because when he's not sleeping, he is angry. He wants that cigarette. <laughs> he wants that cigarette so bad, he would kill for that cigarette. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah and I'm surprised. You know? Did they show an in-flight movie, or do they not do that anymore? Uh, you know, I don't know. Southwest doesn't have... Southwest isn't one of those bourgeois oh, airlines Southwest. that you fly <laughs> there wackily. Wackily, in my business class, could I have a martini? I'm going to get back and coach in Southwest, dude. Actually, usually when I'm in, uh, in, uh, in uh, you know, first class on a plane, I, I uh, co-dream with all my other first class people. <laughs> I was just sitting, you know, I was stuck in the back, way in the back of the plane and coach sitting next to some big fat... A- oh, yeah, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, no acknowledgement on the co-dreaming reference? No. no. <laughs> We hook up to a machine and all have the same dream. 
It's great. Yeah, that, <laughs> I don't even want. I don't even think I'd want to have the same dream as my brother. You'd never return from that. That's what annoyed Dude, me. Freddy Krueger would even be like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here." But that's what annoyed me about that movie was that. Um, like, the dreams are so mundane. Like, oh, we're in a city and there's cars and I'm getting into a cab. Like, where's the giant chicken trying to, like, shave my belly with a can opener? Or, like, you know, like, my fourth grade teacher uh, clipping my toenails or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's I, like I the know. most it's normal just, dreams. It's, it's just, really just these commonplace yeah. quotidian dreams are just born. I don't know. I, thought, I hated that movie. It was pretty bad. So, anyway, we ended up making it to Detroit. My dad pulled through again this time, which is which is great. Except now, like it got to the point where doctors are like, "We can't do anything more for you. You got to go on hospice." That which sucks. which hospice is basically hospice care, basically translates into you're fucked. Here's some morphine care, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all it is. They're like, "Yeah, you know, you're pretty much fucked. So here's some morphine." So that's kind of how he where, he where he's at right now. And so I was, I was there. I was there over the week and uh, just kind of hanging out with him, and uh, it's pretty depressing. So I couldn't get back. I, you know, I was there in Detroit, stuck in. Uh, you know, my, my dad lives in a senior living apartments complex yeah. with yeah. a bunch of old people, and old people freak me out anyway. Okay, it's like as soon as you walk out, it's just like it's almost like Abe Simpson's. Um, right. you know, where Abe Simpson lives. Exactly. Yeah. What is that retirement community called? In that the Springfield Retirement Community. Is it Springfield? Is Springfield? I thought it was Springfield Arms or something like that. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Anyway, it was. It was like that. I, you know. Can free- you get? Can you give me a signal when this is about to get into the wacky podcast section? So oh, can- it, it's coming. I'm, I'm rolling into it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm building it right. up right now. I just want to make sure I don't. Start right, right now, it's I, the I mean, dismal I'm trying, podcast I'm trying to make sure I don't laugh at an inappropriate time. You laugh at my dad's death again? I'm not. I'm out of here. I'm oh, not wait, laughing. Is, uh, my studio. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so I'm there. It's depressing, and I was like, I need to cheer myself up. Okay, so wacky time now. It's it's time. It, wacky time all begins right. now, this and it's time. difficult because you're in Detroit, and Detroit's not a cheerful place. It's pretty bleak all around. Yeah, and it, it's everything about Detroit is just bleak. I mean, there's no jobs. It's dangerous. I mean, it's just. It, and mm-hmm. so I'm like. There's got to be something here that could cheer me up. Maybe a strip club, maybe a you know a True, bar, yeah. maybe a Chuck E. Cheese. So what I went to was the Jewish, the Detroit Jewish Holocaust Museum. <laughs> Where's the slide whistle? How about every time I say the word Holocaust? That's a good idea. But, but no, seriously, it's way over there. People, if. You know, a lot of people would be like, well, how could you go to a Holocaust museum and, uh, you know, be be cheerful from that? Mm. How could that make you happy? But this Holocaust museum is unlike any Holocaust museum I've ever been to. I mean, if it's a really well-done Holocaust museum. Oh, dude, this Holocaust museum had a train ride. Really? A cattle car train ride that you climbed into mm-hmm. had real sounds of the... Let me tell you about it. So I end up, <laughs> going, so I end up going to the Detroit Jewish Holocaust Museum. I don't, you know, I don't even know if it's called the Jewish Holocaust. I think it's just the Detroit <laughs> the Holocaust, Holocaust yeah. Museum. Not the, like, Sherpa Holocaust yeah, Museum <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> it's just is, this the, a new, is this a new place, or has it been there for a while? I think it's been there for a while, because since my dad's lived in Detroit, I've driven by it longing to, like, go and walk around and check it out. Just longing, And yeah. just laughing and just having, an, you know, an uproariously fun occasion. Uh-huh. But I, I've been wanting to go there for a long time, so finally I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I need some cheering up. I'm going to go head over there. Do you there. have to pay to get in? No, it's free. 
for Jews. That is the best part. No, I didn't even have to flash my like circumcised penis <laughs> to get in. Your gold star. <laughs> my, my gold st- armband. <laughs> but no, you know, I go over there and the place is like, at the outside of it looks like Auschwitz. It's supposed to be like a concentration camp. Like it's got barbed wire. Really? Like, yeah, like electrical fences around that, it. That makes the Jewish people happy to see like a life-size recreation of fucking well, they make it like Belsen kind of like an, you know, an, an architecture beauty it's, it's an, an architectural beauty it's an homage but it, it's yeah, done so much it's supposed better. to be like an you know an artist conception of what auschwitz would look like <laughs> and so when you go in there it's horrible <laughs> dude it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> you go in there and like you know there's all these pictures of like dead jews and skinny people Jew- and, jews that are alive in the pictures but are dead now or just like pictures of corpses well, there's there's always the the every Holocaust museum has a bunch of pictures of a pile of corpses there and a pile of shoes. Are you, and some are you sad sure you children. went in the you were in the Swedish death metal museum? I mean, it could have been. Sound, yeah, I was about to very say. uplifting or like you know redeeming. Well, the only reason I wanted to go there. All right, I mean, let me cut to the chase. The only reason I wanted to go there is because I was talking to one of my dad's friends, this rabbi, he's a colleague of him, and he was telling me about the Detroit Museum and he was the Holocaust Museum, and he was saying that there's a a train that you can go on. And I was thinking, wow, dude, they Trains. have a train ride at the Auschwitz, you know, at the, uh, an Auschwitz train, death train at the Holocaust. I got to ride this. Yeah, it sounds better than the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. Dude, it was so much better. It was so much better. So anyway, the, the train ride consisted of, it was a replica of like a cattle car that they used to shove all the Jews into. Mm, Jew car. And so the door <laughs> shuts and like it shakes and then there's like all these sounds of like, oh, the suffering, <laughs> In German though, right? Yeah, you know. And, or and, Yiddish. Uh, and Yiddish, yeah, lots of Yiddish going on. And then they'd flash like all these images of like ju- like Jews trying to grab you and stuff like that. And like these pictures of like sad this is like Jews. a Holocaust rave party. Or- <laughs> no, it, it was the train ride, and yeah. like you know, you're in there, and it's kind of like but there's a strobe light or a disc. Was there fog? No, there was no fog, but there was almost a strobe light because the pictures would flash. I was I, I should have smoked some weed before I went in right. there or dropped a tab. A, drive, or a little bit of that e. would be incredible. Yeah, I mean that might have been nice. And then nice. get like accidentally trapped in there as they shut the thing for the night and lock you into the like, in the cattle car. <laughs> yeah. But when the cattle car stops, they open up the door. You're in like a, a simulation of Auschwitz. Wow. Like, they have like this. You go, the, so you front, go out the other door. You go out the other door, exiting the uh, cattle car, and then there's like then you're in Auschwitz, and mm-hmm. then there's all this, and they had like canisters of Cyclone B and SS uniforms. Really, I don't know where they get all this stuff. Like a whole pile of real shoes from Auschwitz. I think they get it from Germany. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I assume they came from Germany. So but basically what you're telling me is if, let's, let's say I'm a neo-Nazi. <laughs> and let's say I'm a crypto neo-Nazi. This is a neo-Nazi fun land. Let, let me say I'm a crypto neo-Nazi and I like actually get into politics and start at the school board and work my way up to like a real position of power and become the president of the United States and then declare myself dictator for life. And I want to get all the Jews into concentration camps. All I really have to do is design a Holocaust Memorial Museum and be like, here, re-experience it. Get in this train. And then I'll just take the train to the actual concentration camp and the Jews will all get out and they'll be like, oh, this is such a great recreation. This is so authentic. I'll go into it and I'll be like, over here's the uh, recreation of the gas chamber and there's going to be some smoke coming in, but it's just simulated. Just just breathe deep. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Seems like something you guys should watch well, out for, I, that's rather what I, than enjoy and you know observe. Well, I understand that they want to you know have a tribute to the, the victims of the Holocaust and also a stark 
you know, reminder of, right. of the atrocities that occurred. Right. But, you know, I'm surprised that Holocaust survivors wouldn't go through this and have wicked flashbacks. They're you know, all, crippling get, flashbacks. They're all getting the pretty old at this point, but, right? But this was pretty realistic. I could see someone having a heart attack being in the train ride. Well, it's a never-forget thing. I mean, why wouldn't you just have, like, a... If I were going to design a museum, I would have, like, all the SS and, like, you know, the Hitler's cabinet, like, wax things, and you could just punch them right in the face or, like, you know, <laughs> light them on fire, and then they'd bring out a new one once that one burned down. Like, like a pinata. That would be cathartic. No, yeah, that, a pinata. Yeah, I'm surprised Hitler, was, Hitler pinata. Yeah, they don't have anything like that. They just And, kinda, like, chocolate coins they, would come they out try to make it like, head. Well, I think they want you to experience what a Jew experienced. Right. They know, don't want you to forget. They, and they don't want people to be like, well, it wasn't really that bad, and then they want you to really see, like, it was really fucking but, bad. But, I mean, they make it so authentic that I'm, I'm surprised people aren't frightened. You know, the, the one thing I noticed, which I was wondering, if this is just wrong to do but they have like so they have all these pictures of all the you know the emaciated Jews on the walls mm-hmm. but they're naked yeah. and some of them are chicks so right. it's like they basically look like a Vogue runway model <laughs> is it wrong to look at their tits and be like well they're small but they're not too bad yeah that's wrong I don't see why that's wrong. It's a naked chick. Because it's the whole thing about, are you one of those guys who says that, uh, or I've heard girls say this. Actually, for the first time I heard it, a girl said it. Small tits are the new big tits. No, I, I like that's big bullshit. tits. I like big tits, but I'm just a saying. A skinny chick with big tits. That's I'm just preference. saying, like, for a Holocaust victim, she had nice tits. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Did she have hair? Thin. It, I mean, streaks of hair. It was, it was splotchy. More but. hair or more lice? <laughs> You could what was tell. a lice and it was follicle a black ratio. and white photo. Is a black, but I mean they have these photos of all white, these naked pictures, you know, naked people on the wall. Right. I'm sure they're emaciated and they're, you know, victims of a horrible genocide. But I mean, you're pretty still, much your ideal weight ratio. Is what you're saying, <laughs> I'm just that saying that, they, you know, uh, what's her name? Allie McBeal. Yeah. Not that. Not that much bigger. Not, right. You know, not not that a much Jew, healthier. Though. She's Irish or something with the Mick. She's a Mick. Yeah, but I'm just saying that it's the same figure, the same overall figure. Right. Anyway, I go through the Holocaust Museum and took the train ride, went on a couple times. It's right. fun. How do you get and out? Then, well, that, that's the thing. You get on it, the door's shut and it shakes. And no, you, but then you, you're in the recreated uh, concentration Auschwitz, camp. Yeah. How do you get out of that? Well, no, you kind of walk through it. There, you're not right. trapped. There's there. an open, so it's not really a great recreation because there's a big no, exit. <laughs> you're allowed to leave. Yeah. Is there, is there a gift shop? There was a gift shop, but it closed <laughs> by the time I got out. I was kind of upset because I wanted to get something for me. Um, yeah, I was thinking of maybe picking up a little, <laughs> a little tchotchke. But uh, anyway, like going through there, I was, I was, you know, I, was, I, I leave the Holocaust Museum, and it was fun. I mean, it was a good time. It definitely cheered me up, especially from all the depressing things, you know, at my dad's apartment. Right. And so, you know, it's nice. it was a level up. Yeah, and I, I mean, it was like I just wanted, you know, an outlet, just to, just to something to you know, get the, get the aggression out. Anyway, when I was leaving, there, uh, there was a guided tour because there were there was no one else in the museum. It was, it was desolate. And I'm surprised. Do you think a lot of people would go to the Holocaust? It's a good first date experience. I'm surprised there weren't more couples there, but there weren't. Right. Um, Any I skinheads at all? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just, just laughing and pointing. You didn't get no. to be turned away. I wonder if a skinhead would get in. I don't know. I, I I was getting some weird looks with my tattoos, but I was just like, I'm I'm one of you, okay? My people died <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. But anyway, when I was leaving, there's a a, a victim, a survivor of the Holocaust, that was actually giving a presentation and discussing his experiences. So oh, I, right. I ended up sneaking in a classroom. So and now, listening now to you're it. out of the museum and you're like more in the community center area. Yeah, well, they're like classrooms, so yeah, you can listen yeah. to it. And so so this guy, interestingly enough, I'd never really heard a a uh, survivor speak so candidly about his experiences. 
and uh, so openly. And this guy actually was a twin, and he um, was uh, uh, was part of the Mengele experiments at Auschwitz. Mm. And was discussing Dr. Mengele of the, of the experiments, I assume. Yeah, he was a subject, but he was he wasn't one of the turncoats who like hel- you know helped out. No, no, no. Which there were. I mean, people oh, yeah. that had to oh, yeah. save your own back. But I would do it. What are, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> I can clean test tubes really well, and like you know, uh, I have I'm really really good bone saw capabilities, <laughs> and you know, flesh disposal. That's one of my specialties. That's what I did before. You know, you guys threw me in here. Well, what was Tattooed interesting to me, like this guy's description of Mengele, like Mengele, the angel of death, you know, yeah. the the, the uh, butcher of Auschwitz. Name synonymous with evil. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's like I've always just had this, like, you know, d- this nefarious depiction of this man. And, and he's describing some of this good-natured doctor wearing a white coat that would give lollipops to the twins. Mm, lollies. And, uh, yeah, little lollies. And, uh, you know, they say that... Um, Mengla, as a person, he yeah, was just split. Because, haven't we learned that just because somebody's offering you candy doesn't mean they're a good person? <laughs> Didn't we? Weren't we taught that when we were like three years old? This is the type Avoid of guy. Avoid the candy. Seriously, you do not, not want to take a lolly no. and get inside Dr. Mengla's pacer. I'd rather I would be, I'd rather be buggered. <laughs> as a person, uh, Mengla was split. One side of him was the heartless, uncaring, medical atrocity side, while the other was a gentle, almost human side. Almost. And when these two sides overlapped was when Mengele was most horrible. Often he would take small children to the gas chamber. He would give them candy and make a game out of walking to the chimney. Yeah, well, you know, he was sorry that they were human vermin and had to be exterminated. But what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I just love how he was Rats like... Rats can be cute, especially well, baby ones. I just love how he acted like, you know, he's Ronald McDonald in the Playland. It's like, dude, you're, <laughs> you're marching these kids to... I mean, th- this guy was a classic sociopath. Yeah. He had he's no... Di- he was disconnected. He was Completely disconnected from, from emotion. I mean, I, I mean, whether or not you considered Jews vermin that needed to be exterminated, these are children. Right. You know, and, and I mean, to do what this man did... So what was interesting... Well, I mean, he, he did... It, it was racial superiority. Like, he did not consider himself to be the same. It was like... Well, he had this scientific mindset, though. I mean, right. it's it, like devoid yeah, but, of any human compassion. Not correct science. I mean, incorrect no, science. No, but I mean, but, but in a in Nazi's viewpoint, I mean, he was bettering the, 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 the race. The master the race. Pool. Yeah. yeah. So Auschwitz seemed like the best location for his research because the large number of available twins... And uh, other people with uh, birth defects and um, I don't know twins. Any, I don't know any Jewish twins. Were all but the twin you know, lineages wiped out? Well, this survivor that was speaking there was a twin. Oh. Um, his well, he actually ended up surviving, man, because most of the twins were um, yeah. were, were murdered <laughs> and I, then when like, I dissected. Jew- when I say Jewish twins, I'm picturing in my mind hot female Jewish twins, <laughs> not not a 90 year old guy who went through the Holocaust. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay, well, you've never <laughs> fantasized about two 90-year-old Holocaust survivors? Not sexually. <laughs> I've fantasized about something. I've fantasized about having a beer with them. Sewing one fun. of their penises under their other one's Believe forehead. Believe me, dude, yeah, it's true. fascinating to hear the account of what... Uh, I mean, this this guy was like 11 years old when he went through all this. I can imagine. But it was towards the end of Auschwitz. Like, uh, Dr. Mengele ended up escaping Auschwitz, like escaping Germany at like 1944. He was eventually caught in Argentina. But, um, Boys so from Brazil. This guy actually was spared because of this. But he was talking about how uh, you know he was first put in one of the cattle cars, taken to Auschwitz. Mengele would take his turn as a selector on the ramp. But unlike most of the other selectors, he was stone sober. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas I guess all the other Nazis were just wasted, just like, you go over there, you're ugly, you go to the left. The Gas be- chamber with you. Belly full of rumble mints. <laughs> <laughs> Schnapps. Yeah. Um, but Mengele would, uh, you know, Mengele would get really excited when finding twins. And he was looking for twins, dwarfs, giants, or anything else, anybody else with a unique hereditary trait, like a club foot. Mm-hmm. He would do uh, experiments on that. And so when people were herded off the trains, the SS would shout, Zwillinga, which means twins. And uh, then uh, Mengla, they'd go over to Mengla, he'd give him a little lolly, little and lolly. then lead him off to the experimental room. Well, twins are good for medical experimentation because you can do well, something can to compare, one and leave, yeah, leave the other one the alone other. or give them a placebo. Well, it's interesting, uh, the, the number of experiments that the Nazis did. And I'm surprised that people, I mean, uh, when other, like, what other time period of human history did they experiment on humans? I mean, you'd think that someone could actually like gain some knowledge from what the Nazis did. I think for longer than not, it was it was like totally verboten not to use a German word. But like in the Renaissance, the big thing was like you know uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci. I mean, they would like even corpses. It was like taboo to even you know uh, dissect a corpse, and they'd like sneak him out, you know, sneak him out of the morgue in the grave. I bet you they would let him dissect a Jew, though. Probably. Shylock. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so anyway, uh, I was actually kind of amazed by this. I never really had followed the, uh, I never really, you know, took much stock into finding out what the the Nazi experiments. And there's a whole section of the Holocaust Museum devoted to like uh, Mengla and like the different experiments that they did. So some of the ones that they did was uh, the freezing hypothermia experiments were conducted for the Nazi high command. These were conducted on men to simulate the conditions the army suffered on the Eastern Front. Mm-hmm. I find this strange. Apparently, the Germans were ill-prepared for bitter cold. Which, isn't it bitter cold in Germany? Uh, I don't know. They have that uh, weird, uh, not the Gulf Stream, but that weird air stream that sort of... All, all, Europe's warmer <laughs> than you would think because of its latitude. It's got to be colder than Chicago. I don't know if that's true. Oh, Chicago gets... Because don't, don't forget lake effect. That's why Chicago gets so fucking cold. It's colder than Germany, for sure. You know, I wonder, because well, thousands of German soldiers died in Russia mm-hmm. you know, during the war. So well, they, Russia's I think, fucking cold. Russia's more like Chicago. So they did experiments on uh, Jews to, to uh, find out the fastest way to drop body temperature and still survive. Which is hilarious that it, well, not hilarious, but it belies <laughs> the fact that they're, they're trying to prove that like, the Jews aren't even like, the same species as us. But like, oh, but we'll do medical oh, experiments, on, medical them, experiments yeah. on them. Too, Thinking uh, that we'll apply to see our how many layers Aryan, we need to wear. Aryan superior bodies i mean if you're so superior why can't you deal with like you know 10 degrees colder temperature so what what they ended up doing is they would take young healthy jews strip them naked uh, an insulated probe which measured the drop in body temperature was inserted into the rectum right the probe was held in place by an expandable metal ring which was adjusted to open inside the rectum to hold the, the probe firmly in place. Mm. The victim was then placed in a vat of cold water and started to freeze. Uh, they learned that most victims lost consciousness and died when the body temperature dropped to uh, 25 degrees Celsius. Which is like 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. For those, so for those body yanks among us. So, so not, uh, you know, I mean, people are going to say like 75, that's warm, but body temperature, your body's supposed to be at 96, 97, 5. yeah, 96. And when you have a fever of like 100, you're burning up, which is, you know, three degrees warmer. But so it you, drop that Your suddenly. body's 20 degrees colder than it's supposed to be. 
The second way they froze their victims is that they would strap them on a stretcher and just place them outside naked. <laughs> and the extreme winners of Auschwitz made a natural place for this experiment. Yes. I would have hated to be one of those guys. They also did the sun lamp experiment, which the victims were placed under sun lamps, which were so hot that they would burn the skin and literally boil alive. Had a great tan for a couple of minutes, though. <laughs> well, they say one young homosexual victim was repeatedly cooled to unconsciousness, then revived with the lamps, cooled to unconscious, back and forth till he eventually died. I bet you trip balls, though. <laughs> You, you think, I mean, you have to like Maybe not a good trip. But, it, but it's got to be a body high. Out of body spiritual experience. Something. Yeah. You definitely, if you lived through that, would probably hate the Nazis. Um, <laughs> internal probably. irrigation was another one, which I don't quite understand. It's, it, this sounds like a death by enema. A frozen victim would have water heated to a near blistering temperature and then forcefully inserted into his rectum. Or her. Or her rectum, and then uh, irrigating the stomach, bladder, and then the intestines. They were trying to see if they could like bring the person back to life after being frozen, and just shove like a a, 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 a nozzle full of hot water up their yeah. ass. I do that with my otter pops, but they never turn <laughs> back into an otter. <laughs> I always wanted a blue otter. <laughs> But it never works. <laughs> There's also the hot bath. The victims were placed in warm water, and the temperature was slowly increased. Because oh. um, <laughs> that sounded kind of nice. We, we are going to put you in the hot bath. <laughs> really? <laughs> Can you get some candles in here? And maybe get some tea could, and could give you, me a doobie? Could you put some Enya? <laughs> I, I like Enya. Yeah. That, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Boy, this is so hot. you got to turn it down. <laughs> we are going to put you... Underneath the comfy comforter on the warm mattress. You know, most of these experiments seem just vile and cruel, but this next one actually doesn't sound all that bad. Even though you might die from it, it doesn't sound like a really hideous way to go. Uh, Heinrich Himmler suggested to uh, one of the doctors here, Dr. Rosher and Dr. Mengele, that he try to use women to warm the frozen men. Hmm. He suggested that the victim and the right. woman copulate. Just to warm them up to see yeah. if they can come back to life. Yeah, or just shove your big German jugs all over my face. I like that idea. I, I can see that. I mean, you know, if you're frozen stiff and just a naked chick just sits on your face. Yeah, you I need, can you see. need a couple. I mean, you need like total body coverage. You need like one on your face, one like midsection, yeah, one, one blowing you, and like maybe laying on top of another big one. I could probably just do it just with titties. Titties are warm. One pair or a bunch of pair? No, I'm saying like, yeah, like probably like 40 or 50 titties all over you. Three pairs of titties three. just kind of, <laughs> I mean, no, like three different chicks or titties just all over you. Yeah. And I could see that. But I guess uh, this- I'll submit myself to that experiment. Yeah, I'm just saying if like, I don't know if the Jews really had their choice of which experiment to do, but if I was a Jew and I was in Auschwitz, they're like, well, we got to do these experiments with you. I'd be like, you know, I'll take that body heat experiment. Can I, can I pick out the chicks? I don't want those nasty <laughs> German ones that look like men. <laughs> Remember, you had to be frozen to death first. Though. Oh, yeah, that kind of sucks. Still better than having, like, your asshole sewed to the outside of your skin. Yeah, and then, like, a thermometer shoved in there. I don't yeah. know. So the, the, the most important goal of the Nazis, though, was to perpetuate the Nordic or Aryan race. So the genetic experiments, which was Dr. Mengele's specialty, was, was the focus of the Nazis. This is the largest part of the overall plan. The blonde hair, blue eye supermen were to be the master race. Is he the guy who came up with the colored contact? <laughs> you know, I wonder, actually, if, if he did. <laughs> yeah, as horrible as Mengele was, he came up with the colored contact and nice and easy hair dye. <laughs> 
and then the whole Holocaust, you know, final solution thing was over because it's just like, well, geez, we will take these Jews, give them the blue contact and the blonde hair dye, and then it is over. Uh, now they look fine. Now they we are all happy again. So uh, Mengo's research on twins and gypsies exemplifies the quest gypsies. for their genetic studies. Twins were examined from head to toe. They were allowed to keep their hair for the first several days of the examination. Oh, After nice. all the living data was taken, they would be killed by a single injection of chloroform in the heart. <laughs> what a way to go. Seems pretty um, sudden. I mean, so be quick. Some of the things that they would do here, they do measurements where the twins were forced to undress and lay next to each other. You know, the, the one thing that the Holocaust survivor pointed out is that Nazis were just very anal about numbers. Mm. Measurements, just very Germans. It's just, I think that's like a German trait. Okay. So, All right. I, I think they are. That's why there's so many fine German engineers. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I mean, I know where this is going. <laughs> Anybody who's like, you know, in a numbers thing, like they're basically a fascist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, that's what I'm I'll saying. Do and, and, well, you don't have a German in you, do you, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> my makes, gra- my great grandma's name was Gilson Leiter. <laughs> it makes sense. I can't even spell it. It's like G O E T Z L E I C H T E R or something like that. Maybe I can't spell it. So they would do. Uh, blood tests, which included mass transfusions of blood from one twin to another. Um, as you said about the color contacts, eyes. In an attempt to fabricate blue eyes, drops or injections of chemicals would be put directly into the eyes. Mm-hmm. This caused severe pain, infections, and permanent blindness of in course, many cases. Of course. Uh, inje- mysterious injections that caused severe pain uh, would be given to the uh, twins on a regular basis. They would give them typhus and tuberculosis, would, would be given to one twin and not the other. When one died, the other one was killed to compare the effects of the disease. That last injection was Jägermeister. <laughs> <laughs> Who's drunker? You get the rumple mints and you get the Jägermeister. <laughs> I've always wondered, haven't you? <laughs> Um, they also did various surgeries without anesthesia, including just organ removal, castration, and amputations. Yeah, so it, it uh, you know it, it definitely wasn't pretty what they did. But Dr. Mengele ended up uh, escaping Germany and then heading off to Argentina and continuing his studies on uh, twins, on Argentine twins, Argentine twins. And uh, you know, where did he get those ones? Well, no, you know, it, it was interesting. He eventually, they eventually found a body that had drowned that they claim was Dr. Mengele. Because I know the Israelis were going after that guy. The yeah. Nazi hunters, going right. after that guy. But there's a documentary about him. And, you know, the name escapes me right now. But there's a documentary where they found a village in Argentina, like it's in rural Argentina, that had an, ab- an abnormal amount of blonde-haired, blue-eyed children. Argentines are not blonde-haired and blue-eyed. What, he fucked all these women and they all... No, he did, uh, he did experiments. He wasn't even blonde hair, right? He had dark hair. Dark hair, yeah. But that's, that was the idea. Was you mean he, he figured out his master solution and he and actually that, figured out how to make them all blonde hair? That's bullshit. I, there's, a, there's a documentary about it. I'll find out once, uh, once the show's there's over. There's a documentary about a lot of things. <laughs> that sounds like bullshit to me. So all in all, Dr. Mengla, not someone you'd want to have over for Thanksgiving. No. And definitely not someone you'd want to babysit your children. I would, like, go, I would never take my kids to Dr. Mangla's daycare center. Mm-mm. You'd want to avoid that completely. Although if you had him over for dinner, you could poison him. That would be fun. Or maybe. I, you know, it'd be then interesting like, to have a beer with him first before... Uh, <laughs> like, you know, dissect his eyelids off his eyeballs. That would be cool. It's just amazing to me that someone could be 
you know, that level of sociopath. I don't know if anything's ever been reached. I mean, really, there's kind of the ultimate. Once you get to the level, that's the level. It's the ultimate level. Yeah, I don't think you can go beyond well, what, that. What's What's impressive is that people accepted him as an authority and respected him. Yeah, as, as other doctor. people didn't say, "You're a sick freak." Although, you know, it, Eichmann during uh, his deposition after he was caught said that the only Nazi that really kind of made him, him uneasy out. and creeped yeah, him out was Doctor Mengele. Which, hey, which, believe me. <laughs> but he still didn't do anything about it. He still yeah, kept his mouth shut. But I think a lot of people were just like, all right, you know, we're going to avoid that guy. So, people, if you're in Detroit, go check out the uh, Jewish Holocaust Museum. It's yeah. the Detroit Holocaust Museum. And take a ride on that train. It's, or, it's, seriously, it's moving. If you're in San Francisco, go to the Jewish Heritage Museum and see, like, Jewish art and shit like that that's, like, uplifting and boring. You know, no okay. train ride. All right. I think they actually charge money for that one. <laughs> That's so, people, this is episode uh, 239 here of right. uh, Sick and Wrong. Book Nick Park 2. Yeah, and before we get to the stories, because we got a few good ones, I want to announce a special announcement. We have a new sponsor for the show. You know, I, lo- I love Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's always been good to us, and yeah. Adam and Eve is still going to continue being our sponsor, but Sick and Wrong is uh, rising in the ranks, and uh, we're becoming more popular, and so uh, we, we, we attract new sponsors. Right. And you know what? Should. This new sponsor, it, it wasn't a surprise to me that Adam and Eve would want to advertise on the show because obviously we appeal to the perverted masses. We talk about sex and solo sex and sex. But don't you think the average listener, indirectly. though? You know, I, I'd say the average male listener, if given the opportunity to fuck a pussy sleeve, <laughs> would do it. Yeah. Would have no qualms about doing it? I would, and why yeah. would I have a qualm? <laughs> so that's what Where I'm saying. Like, Adam and from? Eve definitely fits into you know, our overall perspective of the show. Mm-hmm. Whereas this new sponsor, I think, kind of gives us more of an intellectual type of esteem here. Really? It, it rises. It, we're, we're, seriously, I think we're, like, we're, we're raised to an intellectual level. What, what would have raised us to that level? Uh, maybe a dramatic reading of of a of a classic novel would that have worked? I'm wondering if it's more than a coincidence <laughs> that the week that you do you sub the show, you read a classic novel. Yes, we get approached by a new sponsor here, Audible.com. Now but, I want to point out that there, this is a coincidence. I I had no idea you, you you'd mentioned this sponsor to me, but like ninety percent of the things you say. I, it did not just stick in my mind. Yeah, it was not processed at all. But, span. but now, all you really now I'm hear, thinking there might be, you know, additional. All you really hear is if I said Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> Philip K. Dick. That's you, when I tune in. To that, yeah. That's when I tune in. All the Start. other stuff is blah blah blah. Holocaust, this cancer, this blah blah blah. <laughs> right, like you were just talking completely coherently. Whatever you just said, exactly. So you know, I I've only listened to a couple books on tape before. Yeah. And this is, I think, is slightly different. This is like, you know, people in this day and age can download podcasts of books, book podcasts. Bookcasts. Kind of, yeah, book Audiobook. Audiobooks. So audible.com is the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, educational programming. Content from Audible is downloaded and played back on uh, CDs or iPods, iTunes, what have you. Audible offers over 80,000 hours of audio programs from 270 content partners that include leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine, and newspaper publishers. Really? So right now, you can go to audible.com, and, uh, and you can listen to whatever you want, just like uh, you're listening to Sick and Wrong right now. 
They have over 1,000 science and technology titles and over 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles, however. <laughs> it's just like Sick and Wrong, except it's not too fucktards talking. It's somebody who's like, <laughs> you know, you're listening to a novel that's actually been thought out and, you know, somebody's poured their heart and soul into it and actually has two brain cells to erupt again. Well, you can actually learn something from it. Yeah. You know. So Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from. Just get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial today. I actually found uh, a book that I, I read, and it was so good, but then I le- you can listen to a sample, and the reading was so interesting. I might actually go download the actual Audible and listen to it over again. Wait, is it the Sarah Palin book? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Blind Sight by Peter Watts. Oh, all right. They had that on Audible.com? Yeah, it was like the first, or, uh, second thing I searched for. Hmm, it's interesting. They got a lot of good stuff on there. So go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook. Diddle's uh, obviously a sick and wrong code. You can get a free one? You get a free book. I don't think they offered the one that I wanted for free. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and uh, sign up for a free trial. So um, please note that this offer is only good to those in the U.S. and Canada because I don't think people in the U.K. read. (laughs) Well, that's the whole point is you listen. You don't have to read. (laughs) I think maybe the free book is just – well, I don't know. Somebody from the U.K. try it and and email us how pissed off you are that it didn't work. But uh, you you got to be able to go to the website and, like, download the book. I don't know. Maybe just the free book is not I feel like, you know, I'm kind of like – I feel like I should be wearing a a coat right now with leather, like – Patches over my the corduroy elbows. patches. Yeah, yeah. corduroy patches. Yes. Patches over right. my uh, my my sports. You're feeling uh, intellectual and smart. I am. I the am the purveyor actually. of knowledge. I know, and that's that's kind of like you know I don't want to assume a pedantic tone with the audience here, but <laughs> you, you know pedantic tones. I I'm, I think that's that's what's happening now. Yeah, because we're now we have now entered into the intellectual zone of podcasting. Hey guys, take a look. Read a book. <laughs> A reading rainbow. <laughs> Audiblepodcast.com. Go check it out right now. <laughs> Type in audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. Well, people, this is episode 239 of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of episode 237. Two weeks ago, we did three listener stories. Listener one sent a story about a mother who killed her autistic brood. Listener two sent a story about a main man who had a unique way of returning his wedding ring to his ex-wife. Down the throat. Listener 3 sent a story about a, the new French baby disposal method. Believe it or not, Listener 3 came in victorious, one episode 237. Hmm. So congratulations, Listener sent in the uh, French baby disposal method. You won episode 237. A lot of our English friends hate the French. They certainly do. Yeah. I know. There's animosity. People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news times of the week, present them here on the show, audience votes, and the winner gets a Sick and Wrong care package. You can send your submissions to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com, submit them via Facebook, or through the Sick and Wrong forum. Wacker, we've got a number of good stories this week, so uh, without further ado, how about we kick off episode 239? <laughs> So, Wackley, I'll start off episode 239 with uh, my first listener submission here. This was sent in by Carla. Uh, Carla writes, you know, I'd rather be blinded by a maggot than be hit by a semi-truck. I don't quite understand what she meant by that. But um, I would think it would be the other way around. 
Yeah, I think I'd rather be blinded by a maggot. I don't know. Um, I don't know where Carla was going with that. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Carla, for sending this in. Uh, she sent the story. Kenneth Watson was nearly blinded as a maggot was eating his eye. Maybe that's what she meant. The pain of a maggot eating your eye would be worse than a sudden death. Yeah, okay. Of a, uh, of yeah, a I can see it. Uh, Kenneth Watson, when he was 16, he thought nothing of the gnat that flew into his eye. <laughs> Happens all the time, dude. Right into his open eyelid. Just, you know, bug going right into your eyeball. Right. He says, I don't think you can afford to be afraid of bugs in the Bible Belt. That's true. Apparently there's Plague a Plague of, of locusts. Plague of locusts that live down there. Um, doctors found the parasite embedded within his eye after surgery for a hemorrhage. Mm. So two weeks later... This guy after, has an unlucky life. Yeah, poor <laughs> kid here. He's only 16 years old and they have a random thing like this happen. Trials. <clears throat> so two weeks later, uh, he was getting ready for school, and he knew something was wrong because he couldn't see. <laughs> he told his mother, but she thought he was faking. Right. Well, in that region, like a lot of people are drinking liquor that they made in their bathtub, and a lot of them go have temporary or permanent blindness from that. So well, moonshine makes common. you blind, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. He says, I had slept late. My mom thought I was skipping school. Sometimes I'd come up with crazy stories. And she told me to get up and get ready. You know, I'd like to hear some of his other stories because <laughs> maggot eating my eye yeah. seems to be um, pretty crazy. Ma, there's a caterpillar <laughs> in my butthole. <laughs> I can't go to school today. Get your ass in your pants and go. Yeah, you know, I, I'd love to hear the other stories here. Uh, as he walked to the bus stop, he said he waved the hand, his hand in front of his face, rubbed his eyes, but all he could see was a large dark dot in the center of his vision. He said, I kept thinking, I'm too young to go blind. <laughs> well, apparently, the gnat that flew into his eye had laid an egg behind his, uh, his, his lens here. I don't know how the, the gnat could go that burrow that deep into his eye socket. Well, basically, your eyeball is just like a jello mold. It's not that hard to poke something in there. I suppose. But wouldn't you feel it crawling in? Yeah. But well, he's blind. <laughs> He felt he's, the net hit, and now, now he's blind. I mean, he, he's noticing it, if that's what you're saying. He is noticing it. Well, I don't know how perceptive this guy is, because over a two-week period, the parasite hatched and was feeding off the retinal tissue of his eye. Mama, I told you I got a problem. Get to school, Junior. <laughs> she just won't listen to it. <laughs> she probably just kept making him just, put yeah. your goddamn clothes on, boy. Yeah. Uh, he. I can't uh, watch my stories with you here. <laughs> Apparently his Go story... to your daycare. <laughs> his daycare is like junior high. <laughs> Go to your free government daycare system that I love so much. Get your free lunch. Apparently his story will be told in the Anim- Animal Planet series, Monsters Inside Me. <laughs> God, uh, you know, that sounds like a porn, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, an no. interracial porn? <laughs> it sounds like an interracial porn. I don't want to get into your racial issues. It totally sounds I like an interracial a... porn DVD uh... that you probably own, Wackily. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind me of just the horror of a tapeworm, which I'm always horrified of. Yeah, all, you know, well, all the, the weird and low-grade meats that I eat. Well, this TV series does touch on their parasites. I'm not parasites watching it. It's, it's, it's going to make me even more, more afraid. Uh, tapeworms. Yeah. Um, apparently, this uh, biologist here, Dan Riskin, says some of the experiences, these experiences of parasites are rare, especially in North America, but they can happen to anyone. Um, he says that the that Watson's case here is really not that unusual. It's known as ocular myiasis, and this condition affects a couple of thousand of Americans a year. 
usually in the southern states. Well, there's more insects down there. It's warmer. It's wet. Swampy. And they don't tend to bathe down there. Have you, uh, seriously, have yeah. you, when's the last time you went yeah. down to any of those southern states? Yeah, Alabama? yeah. I, I, I do eye baths way more than a kid in <laughs> Alabama. It has nothing to do with bathing. Nobody bathes their eyeball. Yeah, but is there, you have, like, uh, contact solution or whatever. I don't. Dude, if you did A visine. Do they, you know they have, like, seven different visines, and you go to buy a visine, you're like, my eyes are fucking red and they hurt. I don't know which kind I need. The green one, the blue one, the red, the red is. You always go for the original, right? Do they have like a special purple? Like, there's a fucking what, what, aphid what, in there, my eye. What, what other uses Visine other than getting the red out of your eyes? I asked. Have you been? Have you bought Visine lately? But what else does it do? Like, why would you get purple Visine? I don't know. But why they have them? There's seven different types of Visine, and it confuses me every time I go in there. Uh, yeah, I, and I, it's I, fucking I expensive. Know. That little bottle's like seven bucks. God, that's 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 odd. Did you ever have? Did you ever any friends though that uh, that smoked weed and after would have to go get Visine just because he was worried about the red in his eyes? Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, God, dude, anal potheads. <laughs> just everybody knows you're stoned. It's annoying. Yeah, it's like you're stoned, dude. I mean, whether or not your eyes are red, they're still gonna know you're stoned because the stupid ass night comments you keep yeah. saying. All right. I don't, I don't use it because I and think people are going to know I'm a drunken fucktard. It's like because I can't open my eyes in the morning. They're crusted shut with cigarette smoke. And, and you're know, eating a residue. box of Lucky Charms without any milk. It's yeah. like you know, we know it's you're dehydrated. high, dude. It's like the red eyes aren't going to give you away. So unlike Watson here, the 16-year-old kid, those who are usually affected tend to the homeless, alcoholics, or others who can't take care of their health and maybe expose the elements. Mm-hmm. So these good Samaritans who help the indigent tend to get affected by these parasites. You know what? I'm going to make a decree here. I will never, ever help a homeless person again. In any way, shape, or form. I guess I'd never really help homeless people anyway. Right, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not a very big... <laughs> right, well, is, your your declaration is not impacting the I'm universe. Going, I'm going to give them a wide berth, though. Well, I guess I already yeah, usually do right. cross the street when yeah. I see a really disgusting one. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, I don't. You you carry, know. You're just gonna carry on as normal now. <laughs> I'm gonna Good buy job. a stick and just poke them away from way, me. Way it's... to make a declaration. <laughs> so in the U.S., there are a whole host of infections of poverty, as they're known. It's an overwhelming determinant. Parasites flourish in poor sanitation and when there's no indoor screening or air conditioning. And you know, it's interesting. It's like you always think that it's only in like Africa that you see these, uh, you know, the children Malaria. without flies in their face yeah. and stuff like that. This morning, I was walking to work, and I saw a homeless guy sitting there. His whole face looked like it was covered in roaches. There, I mean, there were so many things flying on his face. I don't I have no idea what was going on with the guy. Are you sure it wasn't Beelzebub, <laughs> the Lord of the Flies? <laughs> I don't come, know what... Come down to visit Earth in the I have no idea, but I, I was looking at this guy. I was just thinking, that he actually... He, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's hyperbole. But he had like a couple flies just kind of buzzing around his face, and he was so high on crack that he wasn't even swatting them away. Dude, why do you think crack is so great? <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It's crack. It's better than, you know, like, to interrupt your high to swat away a fly, the high is too good. You don't even want to break out of your high zone. It's got to be the best high ever. It's just like, I'm going to look like an African, starving African child. I'm going to get so high, I'm going to be a starving African child. But in his mind, he's on top of the Sweet Rock Candy Mountain. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he's riding fuck mountain. <laughs> 
Um, uh, I'm Watson the coolest, here. most debonair man in the world. I don't care if I have flies on my face. Watson was lucky that his mother rushed him to the doctor in time. Uh, images of his eye revealed hemorrhages and a minor blood clot blocking optic nerves. Hmm. So uh, he says on the way to the hospital, he started to calm down and cope. He said, I knew I was headed somewhere to get help. I was cracking jokes like saying to my mom, I want to get a glass eye. My mom didn't like that. He survived. Uh, <laughs> Is this Larry the Cable Guy? Because he's hilarious. <laughs> Southern humor. What kid wouldn't want a glass eye, though? Yeah, I would get an eye patch before I get a glass eye. Because wouldn't that be great just to have like this big just vacant hole? Yeah, but if you, had a gla- if you had a glass eye, you could have like a glass eye with the sick and wrong logo on the iris. Oh, how bad would that be? That would be badass. See? Yeah. I'm thinking. Uh, Watson ended up being lucky here. as one of the lucky guys. He survived largely unscathed, but must now wear glasses, which isn't too bad. No. I mean, who's to say he wouldn't have to wear glasses anyway? Yeah. Especially when he got older. So on the second wrong star scale there, Wackily, um, this guy had a maggot eating out the uh, live, you know, eye tissue in the back of his... uh, The humor. Yeah. That's what they call it. No, it's retinal tissue. The aqueous humor. The aqueous humor. The vitreous humor. The vitreous humor. Isn't that what it is? I think there's two... Humors. <laughs> well, this 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 uh, maggot was nom nomming on both. Yeah, it was just full nom nom of the eye. There's a lol maggot going on there. That's a pretty much a good viral marketing idea, right there. Lol maggot. Lol maggots. Actually, that's a pretty good. I can add eyeball. Yeah, and just uh, picture the people just with festering wounds. Which is maggots saying funny things. Lol maggots. Once again, we've given away our good idea. This really bothers me. Yeah, I give it a five. I'm pretty creeped out. I'm getting a five star. I maggots will always get a five from me. <laughs> what do you have for episode two thirty nine? Uh, this story is from B, as in boy, and he says, "Isn't D near Flint, Michigan?" And Jewish? I don't know where he's going with that, but... Well, haven't I, you heard of the... Fl- I was cl- Detroit's not that far from Flint. No, but haven't you heard of this uh, suspected Flint killer that they captured? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this story was all over Detroit. 33-year-old Elias... But he was killing black people, not Jews. No, but he's a Jew. Oh, I didn't <laughs> hear about You're saying this. it could have been you. The guy that... They caught the guy today, right? Well, they caught uh, the suspect. How do you know he's a Jew? His name is Elias Abulazam. <laughs> and he sounds like an Arab. He's an Israeli <laughs> he citizen. Like an Arabic guy. He's an Israeli citizen. Okay. Damn <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> he was arrested boarding a plane at an airport in Atlanta, Georgia. Just making the Israelis look even worse. They, uh, the Flint- Israelis can't win. They seriously can't. Well, when they're murdering black people left and right in middle America. Well, okay, no, it's like, can't. you know, they're murdering Palestinians, climbing on board ships and killing a bunch of Turks. Yeah. And now they're going after blacks and Flint. Yeah, what do they do that's good again? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering that myself. It's that fine Jewish food that everybody loves. <laughs> they make some damn good hummus, huh? Yeah, but so do the Arabs. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. And the Greeks. <laughs> and the they got some hot chicks. Some of them. Go to Tel Aviv. Some of them. That's true. Uh, one of his victims was Arnold Miner, and his mother, who's 40-year-old uh, Elzora Miner, said, I want them to hang him up by his nuts, string him up, and let him hang for a while. So there's a good impersonation there, Michael. I don't even know what that was. Just, yeah. Here's another one. Richard Booker, a, a, a victim who survived. 
I hope they kill him. I don't want to waste my tax dollars on a nutty killer. <laughs> <laughs> nutty. <laughs> a nutty killer. I yeah. love I love. I would like a nutter butter, though. <laughs> or seriously. A, a butterfinger? Nutty the, goodness? The perfect location for quotes would be Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Especially, I, I mean, talk about a dismal place. Flint is worse than Detroit, people. It's just smaller, so it doesn't get as much press. But it's more concentrated poverty. And yeah, just yeah, it's abject horrible. human existence. Detroit has some, I guess, uh, you know, outstanding moments. There's some redeeming aspects. features. Yeah, yeah there's Flint. Some, not, they have an art really. museum there. <laughs> Flint's redeeming thing is uh, that Will Ferrell made that basketball movie about, and it was set in Flint. Well, I think the burned out uh, uh, skeleton of Auto World is probably oh, Auto World. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you remember Auto World? Auto World. <laughs> Although now it's just kind of it's just vacant, scary auto world where homeless people live. Yeah, yeah, homeless world, <laughs> homeless, homeless world, homeless amusement park husk world. <laughs> they have actually do they do have a good special style of chili dog for those meat eaters out there? Right, Flint. Flint. That's different from the Detroit chili dog. But you know, if you, if you think about it, if you're a serial killer that likes to kill black people, that's a great place for you to go because there are a lot yeah. of black people there. And um, there's just kind of like an apathy amongst, uh, you know, government officials and police and basically the general population to do anything, you know, they just kind of accept suffering because that's the way of life in Flint. To be honest, I'm surprised they even caught him. I think figured they'd be like, well, he okay. actually did some murders in Toledo <laughs> oh, and in okay, uh, right. Atlanta also. So there are know, white people live in Toledo. So there were yeah. some people that sort of were towing the Flint officials along saying like, shouldn't we like catch this guy? And they're like, oh, I guess so. Jesus Christ. All right. I guess he's not, not the, it's anything. not the South. I don't know why I'm adopting a Southern accent, but that's kind of what Flint is all about. But if this was in like, you know, certain areas of the South, I bet you people would kind of be like, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. So uh, this guy Booker, the reason he he was slashed on his abdomen, sliced in the liver, and his bone uh, cut to the bone on his forearms because uh, what this dude Abuelazam, who is the suspect, would do is he would pretend like he had a broken down car, and uh, like a passerby would try and help the guy like open up the hood or close the hood or something. That's what this guy Booker did. And the next thing he knows, the dude's behind him, and he's and he's stabbing him. You know, like like not just stabbing him, like totally gutting him from from gonads to to neck. And it's so a, he went after good Sam's, good Samaritans. Yeah, people that would that would stop and help him. What what time did he attack them? Was it the middle of the day? This was ten thirty at night. No, no, you don't turn, you don't do this thing during the middle of the day. People will see you. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's like, well, he was probably in desolate areas. So but. Booker survived. Uh, he said, uh, I'm trying to help him open it, and he just snuck around from behind and gutted me like a fish. Uh, Booker, after being stabbed, you know, like, horrifically, there's actually a picture on this uh, article of his, like, huge 24-inch uh, stone-up scar. He dragged himself to his front porch, losing eight pints of blood, which you're only supposed to have, like, nine, right? Jesus. What's pumping around? Just air at that point? I have no idea, but he must have been like quite a mess. He was on the brink of death when his wife found him. I guess he was in a coma for a couple of weeks uh, and then came out of it and was like, what the fuck happened? Oh, yeah. Um, the Miner family, which is the other, which is the woman that thinks this guy should be strung up by his nuts, they think this, event, this investigation is far from over, even though they caught this suspect. They believe other people are involved with the stabbings, and they won't feel safe in their own homes until this case has been fully solved. How many, no, how many nothing's people, ever fully I mean, solved. Right? The, does she think there's a gang of Captain Stabbies <laughs> yeah. running around there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she has a, like a thing about white people and are probably especially Jews. So were all of his victims black? 
Most of them. Okay, so he had a couple of white people He's suspected in 20 stabbings uh, across three states. He's only left five people dead, even though he stabs the fuck out of them. Like, if you look at this Booker dude, Scar... Like, he's not just like, ooh, I stabbed you, I stabbed you, I poked you, I poked you with a two-inch knife. Like, he really stabs the fuck out of him, but they still seem to... He's not, like, that one of those surgically trained Jack the Ripper type, type guys. He's kind of working, like, on, he's self-trained. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. You, you'd think as, as, as a Jewish serial killer, he'd have a better technique. Like, <laughs> he's not a Jewish doctor. He's, yeah, but maybe like you know, you he know, worked. He worked in a. He's like a grocery bag, like circumcising them to death. He or worked something. in a. He worked in a liquor store. He's not one of these high functioning Jews that you're thinking about. Oh, okay, so he, he probably didn't even look Jewish. Customs and U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Uh, they arrested him. Uh, in an Atlanta airport, he was almost about to get on a flight to Tel Aviv, Israel. How, how did they find him? How did they know it was him? They were they haven't really revealed all the sources yet, but you know, I guess there was the tips, people who knew him, people who rented houses from him. Um, somehow they figured out his name, and they figured out that he was going to this airport. I guess they have videotape of his car. Uh, driving away from a stabbing that they also have videotape of. They haven't released it yet. Um, he's in Atlanta now pending extradition to Michigan, which is always funny when you have to, you know, we're all in the United States, people. Isn't this a federal crime? They have to extradite him from state to state. State to state. He had a a rental home on Flint's east side, which they raided, and maybe that's how they got some clues. Maybe they found, like, an airplane's ticket stub or something. Um... Leesburg officer Chris Jones said police, I think Leesburg is in uh, Georgia, said the police had obtained, quote, information that he was trying to leave the country. So they must have found like a ticket, a flight ticket receipt. Um, And in Flint, he worked at the Kingwater Market in the Beecher District, which is a party store. And his manager says, his manager who's named Abdullah Farah, which means he thinks he's an Arab. Uh, But he liked this Jewish guy. He was friendly. He was a nice guy. He was polite to customers at the party store and never treated black customers differently. Although, you know, now that they found out all this shit, they think he had sort of a vendetta against black people. Well, I wonder, though, if, it's, if it was really racially motivated or if there's just more black people. No, 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 no. It was because bl- he went to these other states and it was tar- always targeted by people. And he killed people. black people in the other states The, su- as well. the suspect approaches black men late at night on a lonely urban road and asks for directions or hope with help with a broken-down car. Then, without warning, he pulls out a knife and strikes. Then he speeds away in his vehicle, leaving them for dead. That's his M.O. And that's why I think the sort of leaving them for dead thing is why a lot of them actually survived, although they're probably horribly mutilated and they're going to have health problems forever. The youngest victim was 17. The oldest was 60. They ranged in size from 5 foot 4 inches to 100, and 120 pounds to 6 foot 1 and 190 pounds. How big was the Israeli? They don't give his measurements, but he's 33 years old. He looks pretty big. Have you seen his Yeah, pictures? he looked like, a, the, in the picture that like I saw, he looked like a pretty big guy. So he was going for victims smaller than him. All male? Yeah. All male. Ah, no, uh, well, maybe he does have a sexual attraction to black men, but no heterosexual sexual weirdness. But it didn't sound like there was any bill. sexual thing. He was just kind of doing it for the thrill. I wonder what he had about uh, against black guys. Especially, I mean, how many black people are in Israel? Yeah, you know, like, know. black yeah. people just fucking stay there. Did he have, like, you fucking a... fucking kike? He must have had a negative experience with, like, a Rick James record or something. <laughs> something must have happened, you know? Uh, he had a girlfriend who really liked, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Otis that's Redding what it was. Maybe, maybe his girlfriend ran off with, like, Rick James or Morris Day but from in the Israel, time or something. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Why not? Why not? Well, if you really hate black people and you live in Israel, why not go to some place in Africa? How about that? What was interesting about this story <clears throat> is this guy was basically just going up to black people and just stabbing them. I, you know, I'm surprised because in Flint, a lot of black guys have guns. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't just pick some random dude, walk up to him, and this guy just like just blew him away. Yeah, but I mean, he's stabbing you from behind. Yeah, while you you're unaware. It's kind of hard to pull your. I know, I, I he's stabbing you, with like a you know a uh, Israeli uh, <laughs> yeah, crocodile <Rambo> knife, <laughs> a c- crocodile Dundee knife. If crocodile Dundee was were Israeli and a murderer, it would be this guy. Yeah, it's crocodile Goldberg. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. What kind of animals do they have in Israel? Camels. <laughs> that's about Cam- it. Camel that's, that's the only animal they have in that entire area of the world. Camel Schwartzman doesn't have as much of a ring to it as Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, it doesn't. Camel Dundee? I don't know if that works. Mm. But yeah, but, but I can tell you one thing, though. While I was in Detroit, this had a lot of black people spooked. Because a lot of black... Dude, don't say spooked. <laughs> You're talking about black people. That's offensive. No pun intended. Scared. A lot of black Just people were scared. frightened. A lot of black people... <laughs> A lot of spades were spooked (laughs) on that night. That's fucking, that's offensive. Why did you say that? I don't know. I just, you know, I just, I just bring spades (laughs) in Detroit. A lot of black people were frightened. African Americans were in fear of their lives. Alarmed by by this uh, racially motivated serial killer in Flint, which was only about an hour, uh, an hour north. Yeah. And I guess they really, I mean, I guess. Now that they found out that he's a white guy, they, it is really racially motivated. Yeah, I wonder if it was a black guy, if they'd still say it was racially motivated. Maybe if it was a black guy that was just a self-loathing black guy. Yeah. Interesting. Could be. So on the sick and wrong star scale, if he was actually just going after prostitutes and murdering them like that, be like I wouldn't three. rate it very high. We probably yeah. wouldn't even do the story on the show. But the fact that he was just going to random victims saying, hey, you know, I need some help with my car. They turn around, stab him 20 times. Rand- and- random would get a four. But it actually gets a five because he's specifically targeting people who will help you in the who middle of the night him. with your fucking car, which means like he's targeting like the good Samaritans. Good like Samaritans, yeah. So it's a five. I'm giving it a five star because of that. Exactly. If if he was just if he was targeting prostitutes, this would probably be a two point. And what like two what, star story? What is this conflicted viewpoint of like? I hate black people, especially those ones that help you with your car when you're <laughs> a white guy broken down in the middle of like their you know a shitty neighborhood that you they might think live that in. would contradict what he feels. It about completely black people. contradicts it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know that's why maybe it wasn't racially motivated. I think it was a, maybe a murder of convenience. And, but, we'll but all fifteen, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> quit, quit trying to rationalize your 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 brother's acts. Uh, the uh, third story we received here for. Episode 239 was sent in by Jeremy with an I. It's On weird. the end? Yeah, Jeremy with an I. Oh, my God. Would, would that be like Jeremiah? I can barely abide by that name. I don't know. Jeremiah? He and says, he shortened it? if you and Wack had a kid, it would probably look a lot like this one. Uh, he's referring to Kang Kang, the 15-month-old baby from China's Hunan province who was born with a very rare disorder... Where his face is literally a mask. Hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a second face. That, it looks like he has a second face on top of his face. Uh, it looks like he has a mask over his face. Right. Doctors in China, I saw the pictures. Doctors in China are not sure what caused Kang Kang 
to be born with such a disfigurement, but they say it could have occurred due to a disease or maybe even a medication that the mother took during or before pregnancy. Or the fact that the entire water supply is infused with lead and, you know, bisulfates. Or as OBGYN was Bolo Young, <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. I will punch the baby out of your vagina. You know, th- that's another thing, too. It's like when you have a kid with a hideous facial deformity like this, why name him Kang Kang? It just, I mean, it just sounds like a circus name, doesn't it? Yeah. Come out, Kang Kang. (laughs) Here's Kang Kang. He will frighten your children. You'll never breed again. Yeah. Kang Kang. Maybe that's like Steve in China, too, though. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, uh, His deformity here is different from a cleft lip or cleft palate. It's a facial cleft. Not only. Because his whole fucking face is cleft off. His face, his whole entire face is a cleft. Not only is his face muscles are cleft, but the inside bones are cleft. Did you ever know anybody with a cleft palate? Yeah. I really get a friend from high school. I had a cleft palate. Yep. But I mean, hair was, did, did he get it fixed or did he just kind of like, it you wasn't know, Joaquin se- Phoenix had a hair lip. Yeah, he looked like that. He wasn't, it wasn't severe. And I think, uh, and then he got even more fixed later on. And like, it all, he has a, like gap teeth, which is part of that. And he got his teeth fixed later on. Very handsome man though. So now he's a handsome man, but yeah. back then was he just Super handsome. Handsome. Even back Even then. back then with a yeah, hair like lip? Yeah, like a Joaquin Phoenix hair lip. You know, like guys can have scars and I'm be saying. like kind of rugged. Yeah. Guys can have scars and appear rugged, but a, but a girl with a hair lip? If it's slight enough, I think it could still hang. Yeah, I don't know. That's the whole thing. I mean, you got to get it fixed. Well, I, I guess you probably could, but what if, I mean, I wonder if a hair lip would affect their performance at oral sex. It could be good, it could be bad. Yeah, We're not talking about, like, smile train. It's like, the whole head is cleft. No, but this is... You're talking about little wine. Yeah, no, I'm talking about where the... You're not talking about Kang Kang. (laughs) Well, no, Kang Kang has a facial... He has a cleft, almost, entire head. His entire head is split in two. It's a congenital deformity here, a condition called transverse facial cleft, also known as face horizontal cleft. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was born Also in, known as, why did you not abort this thing? <laughs> <laughs> he was born this past March, and uh, doctors knew there was a problem only after he was born. A fellow Pisces? <laughs> Pro- probably because they don't actually have ultrasound in China. Oh, they do, they do. Is it? Yeah, yeah, you know, like those, uh, when you see old movies and there's like a guy with a, ho- a tin horn in his ear? <laughs> Mr. Miyagi with a horn on yeah, yeah. some woman's stomach? And then they put the a big end of the horn up to the belly. That's a ch- rural Chinese <laughs> I just, ultrasound. I just picture Chinese ultrasound is Mr. Miyagi with a horn up to her belly and his hand up her snatch just feeling yeah. around in there. That's exactly what it is. Your baby is fine. <laughs> sometimes, they ask the, fine. <laughs> sometimes they ask the baby a question, they yell in the navel, <laughs> Is your head deformed? <laughs> If the baby doesn't say yes, then they're like, oh, baby, fine. So when the baby was born, the mother here, Yi, said, my family did not allow me to see my son at the beginning. I pleaded and pleaded with my husband to let me have a look. Before they passed me the baby, and this is something you probably never want to hear at the uh, maternity ward. They told me, don't be sad. Don't be sad. (laughs) But when I saw my son... I collapsed. And apparently she did. She lost consciousness. Was she standing up? What kind of hospital is this? Isn't the recently like maternal pregnancy mother supposed to be in a bed? Not in a Chinese maternity yeah. ward. There's just they stand up, bucket standing underneath room them. Only, yeah. yeah, and it's like if it's a girl into the bucket, if it's a boy, they catch it. That's a good point. Why didn't they just throw this in the girl bucket? I don't know. To feed to the lion out back. 
Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, or throwing them. Did they throw it? Did they find a bunch of, like a, a bag of babies yeah. in the river? Yeah, too long ago. Yeah, I'm surprised. They really like boys in China, even one with a hideous deformity. So doctors who have seen Kang Kang have said that the baby is a completely normal child, other than the facial deformity where it looks as if he's wearing a mask. He looks like... How is that normal? He looks like... I mean, I'm serious now. This is me serious. I'm doing my serious voice. He could be the lifetime lead in the fan of the opera and not have any makeup. <laughs> no, he wouldn't need anything. I mean, it's no. just, it looks like he's wearing like one of those. The masks. fan of the opera yeah, mask. The fan of the opera mask. But it's his real head. But the head. fan of the opera mask is, yeah, it's, but this is both eyes. <sighs> this is his whole face. You're nitpicking. <laughs> we, you know, if I'm directing the show, I can make it work. So somehow uh, the family. There is a part in the show where doesn't he take his mask off? He's not going to be able to do that. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to do that part of it. That would have to be where the makeup artist came in and did his mask. He gave him a real face over it, yeah. And that'd be great. I'll work it out by the time he gets to be 18. Kang Kang of the opera. Yeah. Um, Doctors plan to reconstruct the facial bones of the baby, but officials have warned the family that the results of the operation might look worse. Which I'm wondering, how do you really get worse than the mask on top of your face? Well, what's under the mask? That's what they're saying. I mean, now it kind of looks like he has like a porcelain doll upper half of his face, which is disturbing. But what's underneath it? That's more. That's I think it's implied that it, the reason it's so disturbing is because you're like, what's under that freaky? Yeah, thing? it's like they pull out the mask and he looks like Kim Jong Il or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, gross. would you? Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, put it back. Put the mask back on. There's no going back at that point. It's irreversible. You know, at this point, I would say, let's just let him grow up with that face because it's going to give him some character. This is the birth of the classic Chinese supervillain. Right. Could you imagine? I mean, it's like that guy would just inspire terror. This is like a Dick Tracy type of supervillain. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, literally. It's like, I, I think. Would you just call him the mask? Or, or Kang Kang's good enough, I think. Kang Kang. It's just like, oh no, the evil Kang Kang is trying to you know, take over the world again with his nuclear threat. Does he have mask powers or just the, the deformity makes him super cranky and evil? I think the deformity would, uh, would make him just right. kind of... He uh, might develop just... some powers, though, because it kind of like expands his forehead. Maybe he has some tele- telepathy, telepathy. Yeah, I guess he might, he might be able to develop something. He can that. influence your mind. I can see with him having an evil panda that he's trained to attack people. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was in China, I would see do panda. That. That's what I'm saying. China panda, Israel camel? Not really. Camel maybe. Saudi Arabia already has the camel. I just picture Israel needs its own animal. I think it's. I think what they. Consider... I, think, I think it would do a lot for their public image around the world if, if they, they had, had a cute animal? animal. Doesn't have to be cute. Just some animal that you associate with them. The only animal they really have right now, or at least what they treat like animals, are Palestinians. <laughs> Those don't count. They're not furry. What does a gefilte fish look like before it's in the jar? How about that? <laughs> Those are cute. Or is it? Is there a gefilte? Or is gefilte the type of cooking process of the fish? Is there oh, an no, actual, no, no, no. There's seriously. an actual gefilte fish. There's a river with these these massive the rainbow colored gefiltas that swim around. Do and they look like they... Little Nemo or <laughs> the, no, the, the clown fish? Well, kind of, but they're more rainbow colored and they have big, yeah. massive like. Lips like upper lips, uh-huh. yeah, and and you can catch oh, them. What but... do their noses look like? <laughs> <laughs> They're huge. They, they, have, they have really large noses. So publicize they, they have that. these like curly hair on the yeah. side of their gills. Yeah, publicize that. Hold down, yeah. yeah. These black hats. <laughs> <laughs> I could get into that. I would get a stuff. I would buy this stuff to animal. <laughs> Children born with uh, facial deformities are always a sad tale, actually. 
Pretty much, um, yeah. Whether or not it's something correctable, such as a cleft palate, or, um, or something that you have to live with, like Mobius syndrome. Mm. Maybe it's Mobius syndrome. But have we, you ever we heard forgot, of that? We forgot to look up the real... I think it's Mobius. I a think Mobius, it's Mobius strip? The Mobius syndrome. It's always gut-wrenching that a poor child has to suffer such a condition. And Mobius syndrome, I think, is almost worse than this uh, face horizontal cleft. Really? Mobius syndrome, if... Like, let me just fill people in on this. It's where you, com- you have complete facial paralysis. So right. You can't control your face at all. So your face is almost always permanently in this, like... Like like position. <laughs> it's like when your mom used to tell you if you make that face, it's gonna stick like that. It's a real syndrome. <laughs> that, that, that's that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for thanks for like wishing that. this horrible deformity on <laughs> me, yeah, me, mom. Thanks a lot. Really but caring of you, people. If you want to laugh for hours on on end, smoke a joint and then type in M O E B I U S syndrome into uh, Google Images. It's pretty hilarious. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. We'll, we'll post a picture of someone with Mobius syndrome. Why do none of I don't understand why none of them have like just a completely impassive look. They really have the derp look. It's just like that derp. But you I can mean, become they're, they're, it's like you can become like a great like uh, you know professional poker player. Actually, you know what? That's probably the one thing you could do if you have Mobius syndrome. You wouldn't even have to wear the hat or the sunglasses or anything. You just always have that one look in your face. <laughs> full I, love, I love that. I got full hose. <laughs> I love that picture. I got one, two. That's all I got. I love that picture of that uh, that 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 couple with the the kid that's normal. The kid's normal. We'll post that on our site. The kid's normal, but the two parents have Mobius syndrome, and they're just kind of like, and they're the son's just like, yeah, these are my parents. Yeah, but he's he's really has this tee hee look on his face. Like every time this little like you know. One and a half year old looks at his parents. He just cracks up because it's hilarious. It's like a wrong star scale, you know. I, I mean, at least they're going to be doing an operation on the guy. But I'm gonna have to give this four point five. It's one of the worst facial deformities I've seen. I'm giving it five. You're giving it five. I'm gonna have nightmares about that face. Would you, if you were like at the Ponderosa eating your buffet, would that make you lose your appetite? Yeah. Yeah, you probably would. I'm I mean, I would still be eating. It is the Ponderosa. <laughs> I can't believe you brought up the pon- what? What brought the Ponderosa? I was just in here? Michigan. goddammit. it! There are Did Ponderosas you guys go to everywhere. The are I there? wanted to. I wanted to. I thought they were extinct. They're no, still there. No, there's still many a Ponderosa. I had many a friends who worked at the Ponderosa. People, we invite you to decide who won episode two thirty nine here. Sick and wrong. Go vote. Sick and wrong podcast. Don't vote until you've seen the picture of Kang Kang. Yeah, we're going to post that on our site. It's truly disturbing. (laughs) Well, actually, we've got a number of phone calls and sticking on hotline and a couple of emails to get to. Before we get to that, how about a word from our other sponsor, AdamandEve.com? Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So there you go, people. Adamandeve.com. Just type in the word DIDDLE when you check out, and uh, buy yourself a nice dildo. You, you deserve that dildo. You mm-hmm. really do. Yeah, really. So we got a number of phone calls here. Sick and wrong hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, what, what's call number one there, whack man? 
I know you said I know you uh, nixed this and you said it was verboten, but moratorium. It's, it's more boner talk. Is it boner talk? I did a moratorium on that. She gets a special pass. Who is it? Kendra. Oh, Kendra. Hey guys, it's Kendra. Um, haven't it's called in in a while, but I heard on the last episode that you wanted to get my take on the matter of whether girls prefer a chub or a. F- She's as much of a professional as Holly Stevens. Sure. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I was thinking about whether we better say yes or no, and I just <laughs> said the truth. Well, I just wonder. Yeah, probably. I just wonder who's seen more boners, Holly or Kendra? Probably, it's probably pretty close. It's probably pretty close, but I probably put my money on Holly. Yeah, I mean, she's getting money for it, though. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, maybe Holly. Amateur boner examination. I would definitely go. Definitely with go with Kendra. Yeah. For a full-on erection. Here's my thoughts on this. I like the full-on erection. One, because I'm kind of partial to veins, and when a guy's got, like, this rock-hard cock, well, the veins are kind of pulsating and standing out, and, yeah, that kind of does it for me. Um, That's odd. Second, just this... She used to be a junkie, though. So. Oh, yeah, she <laughs> used to be a junkie that makes some heart. sense, but that's the first, uh, I think that's the first time that we've ever had any girl say, yeah, I just like the veins and the dick. <laughs> Like, that's what she's attracted to. It's interesting. This massive hard-on suggests pretty intense virility, and that's always a good thing. Whereas, if you're looking at just, like, this half-chub, I don't know, it's kind of sad in a way, and it just really doesn't do much to get the waters flowing. Um, I was thinking about this lately to myself because I was receiving some unsolicited photos from somebody who was texting them to me and in all of them he d <laughs> sorry why are you doing that <laughs> well she gave me her cell phone number a while and why are you ago doing that when you <laughs> don't have a fully erect dick because you're the fully erect dick partisan just wait for it wait for the dick to become fully hard then send the picture you know but uh, you know i guess i should have but you get excited i know yeah I know. yeah i just guess i right. want to take some it's pictures right. send them off in the future just try harder all right then he just had this like just starting chub going on and I don't know I was thinking to myself if I were a guy and I were sending new pictures of myself to a girl I would either have to have a full on erection or I wouldn't send them at all because I don't know the chub is just not a good look <laughs> anyways that's um, my two cents on the matter of the aesthetic she <laughs> can't cop the two cents thing yeah, that's a third yeah, cent. That, that's a third cent. That's who not sent, two cents. Whose cent did she take it away? Your <laughs> cent or my cent? No, we, okay. We can only give our two cents. Kendra's giving a third cent. Right. If we have to fight for it, I'm just going to back down and give her the I'll cent. do rock, paper, scissors right now on uh, who said. Although, Kendra's cent that's being given kind of proves my cent. But I don't want to bring it up because there's a moratorium on boner talk here. Right, this let's, isn't let's close it. boner talk. With the Aesthetics of the penis. I hope that clears things up for you guys. Okay, bye. That's clear. Well, thank you, Kendra, for uh, weighing in on that debate. Um, you know, she actually called a while ago, but uh, since we are I was gone last week, we didn't get to play until this week. Right. But, you know, it's good to know, because we haven't heard from Kendra in a long time. I was wondering how she was doing. Still listening. You know, she sent me, me. She sent a text uh, about a week, week and a half ago. I was in Detroit saying, she's like, are you whack around? She was here for like a day. She comes down to San Francisco every now and then. Right, she runs marathons or something. Yeah, no, she's like all healthy Ridiculously now. ambitious. 
She, but she does like yeah, these like Ironman marathons where they do like swimming and running and I, I don't even. She must be fit. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna hang out with us at the high tide anymore. <laughs> I think she would. I don't know. Yeah, is she gonna drink or is she just gonna sit there and be disgusted? You know, she's still the only girl that's ever pissed in the trough at my brother's bar. <laughs> so you know, I, I bet she's she a legend. So she probably still reason. drink. So thank you, Kendra, for uh, calling in and weighing in on your uh, on the on the boner talk. What do we, what do we have for the second call here? All I can say is uh, it's intriguing. Hey guys, it's uh. Mirano, and uh, you guys kind of just, uh, uh, Lance, uh, maybe I could go to your house, because, uh, D, he's, uh, let's just say a lot of his bodily fluids have been, uh, non-intentionally spilled on me. Wait a second, is that Rollo? It's Rollo, I didn't even notice, but... I mean, where is Rollo? I was wondering where he went. His absence was not noticed until now. I mean, he's calling in. What I'm wondering is, whose phone is he using? He doesn't even have arms. It might be a payphone. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would present other difficulties. Where the him. fuck did Who he put go? the coin in? I, that's what I'm. Where did he even put the coin to put into the phone? Maybe we can find some clues if he listens to the rest. Of but it's okay. You didn't seem to like it here, though. Because I just sit next to his computer chair, and. uh well, I'm actually on the desk in the computer. You know what I mean. I'm not very good with English, but yes. So, Lance, could you just come and pick me up? Because uh, I'm tired of getting jizzed on. Were you jizzing? I'm tired of him looking at mangled member porn. Really? So, you know, just whenever you get this call, uh, just uh, pick me up. Okay? Okay, bye. You, you know, actually, Rob, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, that's a call from a couple, maybe like a couple of days ago and Rollo wasn't happy here. It sounds like he wasn't happy here, and I can understand that, but you don't know why? Because, so, Rollo, I just had him sitting on my desk right next to my mm-hmm. computer. Mm-hmm. And I remember the other day, before I went to Detroit, I was masturbating to, um, there's this website called Just18.com that's at the screen. Well, his eyes are so shut, and, he's, and he sort of treated him like an object. Well, you know, as, as opposed to an well, I ignored his being. presence right there until I'm like sitting there, you know, just getting into the vinegar strokes, and I look over. The vinegar. <laughs> I look over, and then I'm like, "Dude, what? Are, what are you doing?" So I took him and I threw him like into the box over there, t-shirts, uh-huh. hoping that. Well, I mean, it's weird to have a he- even the eyes are sewn shut. I know the eyes are sewn shut, but it's still weird to have this head. Looking at you masturbate. I don't think you did anything wrong, but did you Would use, you be freaked out? But did you use the stroking hand or the free hand when free you picked hand, him up? Free hand. I was using vinegar right. strokes. Yeah, I was, you know, I just grabbed him with a free hand and just whipped him out over. Maybe he was offended by that. I, I don't know. It's a little disrespectful. Whatever. All right, call three. Hey, this is Rallo. And, uh, yeah, I'd just like to say thank you, Lance, for picking me up. And I won't get you stoned anymore. Also, uh, the podcast with your reading book, it was very nice. I enjoyed it very much. And, uh, yeah. Keep it, uh, but it's kind of weird, though. It's kind of boring, too. You couldn't take it out of your shot. But, yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I really, you know, Rollo's speaking voice. He's very articulate. I don't remember picking him up. 
I don't, you know, Maybe I don't some remember other anyway, guy. but I think there's something going on with you too. I think there's, I mean, I think he feels a lot more comfortable with you. Well, we so do sit on the same side take, of the desk. Yeah, I mean, maybe Rollo should uh, go to your house, and that's fine with me. I, I don't, don't but I, we don't know where he is right now. He's he's with some guy who looks like me. He got to listen to the last episode. I, maybe you know, I I'm, do have him somewhere, and I blocked out. I wonder if you took him with you when you left last uh, last show. Because I don't see him in my house, and I know I threw him in the t-shirt box, and he's not there, obviously. I never go in the t-shirt box. That's your business, <laughs> as you know. Well, apparently he's out making phone calls to the show, so uh, thank you, I'll, Rollo. I, I will do a, I'll do a thorough search when I go back home, and maybe he's like stuffed in a sock drawer or something. All right, well, thank you, Rollo. Please come back. I will put a blindfold on you or something when I masturbate, or I'll put you in the closet. I did lose my cell phone this week, and maybe he has it. <laughs> Yeah, that's where he's making the calls from. Well, somehow he got it, so I, I don't know. What was it? What's the last call we have here, Wagner? This is an important one. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I haven't posted too much, but I'm pickles on the forum. Uh, I just got a, a message to all the other forum goers out there. Every week, you talk about having like like 3,700. I'm only on episode 202 right now, so I'm sure you guys have more now. But you guys talk about like every week having like 3,700 members on the forum, and it's so fucking big but then you guys average like 250 votes a week on your story you guys need to pick that shit up uh yeah that's pretty much it peace wow well i stand corrected here is that the commissioner of podcast calling us <laughs> i think the podcasting commissioner is telling us to step it up the emperor of the podcast if you have 3,700 forum members, you should have way more than 150 voters per week. 250 votes. That's you, should have said, a, yeah. oh, you should have at least, like, 500. At least 500. What, Con- what is the official ratio of, of show votes to po- uh, forum members? Do you have the handbook? No, I, I, I don't know what we're supposed you don't have to be the handbook? having. I don't have the podcast Dude, handbook. we're going to get a reprimand. But, you know, I wonder... <laughs> Do you have to have the handbook on hand? <laughs> it's supposed to be right next to the fire extinguisher. Do you think the podcast commissioner is just sitting there with his, like, checklist of, uh, you know, uh, attributes that podcasts are supposed to have, and he's just like, they are besmirching the art of the podcast. Like, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. Was that That's Adam why it's so Curry? Was that Adam Curry, the creator of podcast? <laughs> I know, what's Adam Curry, I, I mean, Adam Curry is upset with us now. different now, but his hair sounds the same. I think his hair. I think he just moosed up his hair, <laughs> and he gave us a call and just berated us. And I, I apologize, my leech. My, you know, it's, it's. I'm sorry. So what do we do? Do we get more votes, or do we uh, downplay the number of uh, forum members? I you know I don't know I, I'm worried you that better I might fucking figure it out. Well, I'm worried that I don't want to get audited. I I don't want to get audited. I, I don't want to have our show canceled. No, by the podcast commissioner. I don't want to be blackballed from iTunes. Well, I mean seriously, it took us at least a hundred shows to get into the podcasting guild. Yeah, and if we're going to get booted from the guild by uh, Master Curry, look. I'm, I don't want to talk about the shit that I did for my apprenticeship. Uh-huh. But let's just say I don't want to do it again. When we were neophyte podcasters, we had to do some stuff that I don't like to talk about. I don't, I don't like I to revisit. Yeah, I don't want to revisit. And just put it this way, Master Curry, I think we've 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 earned. You know, we we we've earned our our we've colors here. Spot. Yeah, we've earned our spot. But you know, if if we're breaking podcast law, mea culpa. It's yeah. We need to issue, issue a mea culpa. Have mercy, have Lord, mercy have mercy. <laughs> 
that's, man, it, I, that's it for calls. I, I can't believe we had the uh, the magistrate call in here. <laughs> I'm worried about this. The magister? <laughs> the magister just called in. I'm worried about this. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm going to go to ground. People, call the uh, Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. And Rollo, come back. I forgive you. <laughs> Rollo, come back. Fuck <laughs> you never good to me. So we only have one time for one email here to sickandwrongpodcast.com. Uh, this was sent in by a guy named Dead Monkey. He writes, my current girlfriend suggested I send this story in. A few years ago, I should almost do this in his voice because he's obviously English. A dead monkey voice. A dead monkey <laughs> voice. A few years ago, I was going down on my ex-girlfriend from behind as she was bent over the bed. I ended up licking her arsehole. I grasped a cheek in each hand and spread her ass open. <laughs> Just as I was about to stick my tongue right in, there was a long, soft wisp of warm air vented straight into my open mouth. <laughs> I was shocked for a minute as I tasted her foul anal whisper. <laughs> it's very, very articulate. I was so disgusted by the smell that I left the room and didn't speak to her for the rest of the night. I almost wanted to say fortnight. It made sense. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't speak to her for a fortnight mm -hmm. because of that, that anal intrusion. Uh, the thing that has annoyed me to this day is that she ate curry the night before. <laughs> it has become a good... <laughs> Signed, a 12-year-old virgin who just made this story up. It's become a good story to tell at parties, though. So good and bad, mostly bad. Love the show, Dead Monkey. Dead Monkey, you are so full of shite no. and fart. He's never seen a girl's <laughs> asshole. Dude, this, I, I, I'm thinking this is that Scottish kid, probably. Wilkinson, or what's his name? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> little Scottish, Scottish virgin. But no, seriously, you know, I mean, I do like the narrative. I enjoy the, the telling of the story here. It's a little implausible. Foul anal whisper. That, Dude, rolls, off, you, that rolls off the tongue. That's almost like a Nick Cave oh, it, lyric. Oh, it, it's eloquent, yes. That sounds like a Nick Cave lyric. I didn't say not eloquent, ineloquent. I said implausible. Because if you're going for the butthole... And a faint whisper of a fart comes out. Do you really care? You're no, in raging hard on city like that. At that point, like yeah, bring on the fart. But at that, but if you think about it, at that point when you're in, <laughs> when you're in that region, what do you expect like, to come yeah. out of the butthole? It's the butthole. It's the butthole. It smells like fart already. Well, the only two things that come out of it are are, are shit and farts. So well, hemorrhoids. This blood. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally right. a hamster. As somebody, who, as somebody who has no experience with hemorrhoids. I've but, heard but, I about mean, that. This guy, if you think about it, he got off uh, pretty good here. I mean, all he got was a fart in his mouth. It could have been worse. Plus, he was getting shagged. Yeah. Except I mean, he didn't because he, he retired to the, the drawing room and didn't talk to his girlfriend for a month. 
Or the night, or <laughs> for whatever. A fortnight. fortnight. What is that, a half a month? <laughs> Two months? I don't know. No, he said for the rest of the night. It should have been a fortnight. What's and funny he still is- tells the story at parties, because I'm sure he doesn't get laid on those nights either. Like, oh. seriously, honey, could you stop telling the story about how when your I face was by a bowl and I farted in your face? I do love how he prefaced the story by saying, my current girlfriend suggested this. I send this story in. Oh. My current girlfriend. Well, there's two things funny she about that. She has her asshole a, show, sewed up. I think she's imaginary. And B, I think it's funny that he's telling his current girlfriend about the time that his ex-girlfriend <laughs> farted in his mouth during a, a rim job. Who's to say she didn't hear it at a dinner party? <laughs> that chap is intriguing. I'm going to shag him later tonight. <laughs> his conversation is very intriguing. And that's how Elizabeth Hurley met her current boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this happened to Hugh Grant at least once. Huge Grant. People, send an email to sickandwrongpodcast.hotmail.com. We always love to hear what you have to say. The Sick and Wrong Forum is is waiting for you. Become a member of the Swarm today and sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com and just click Forum and sign up. There's right now like 5,500 people <laughs> that compared right. to the... Um, 150 <laughs> votes going on. I'm, I'm sorry, magistrate. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, there, I looked at it the other day, and there's like 5,500 people. And I noticed that there's now like a new topic section. So you no longer have to search through the whole forum. You can and just click on that button. I noticed it was distracting me. I was way like, what is that through thing? the Detroit. understand it. Just so, uh, yeah, Die Hard's really uh, big ups to Die Hard for uh, keeping that forum going. Uh, also, subscribe to the show via iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and uh, do your part to keep us in the top comedy podcast. Actually, it does help the show. And most people do find out about Sick and Wrong via iTunes. Right. So uh, thank you for doing that. And uh, also, we have our brand new Sick and Wrong Tees available right now at the Sick and Wrong store right off our main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. It is the best way, hands down, to support the show and look cool at the same time. Right. If we're going to go to England or the UK, we need to sell a lot of t-shirts. A lot we do. more. We have to sell a lot more. And actually, a lot of people in the UK are wearing a t-shirt, so I think there's a good chance we might find somebody. You know, we we wearing one of our shirts. We got an email here from this guy named Jason, smart shopper on the forum. He says, hey, Dean Lance, I've nearly caught up on all your shows, so I want to do my bit to support you guys. I think it's a small price to pay to buy a t-shirt from you for the fucking awesome free entertainment you provide. Not only for myself, but for other people with my sense of humor. So tell everybody in their mom's basement to steal some money from their meth-addled parents, grow yeah. a pair, and buy a fucking t-shirt. He goes, D, I know you'll get around to sending the shirt, but if you don't send it, I'm coming to the States to cut your nuts off and use your scrotum as a stubby <laughs> holder for my fosters. Lance, you're a funny motherfucker. Fuck you very much yeah. from Australia. Scratch you later, Jason. Thank you for not planning on stabbing me. <laughs> I, I kind of like the term stubby holder. <laughs> You're more than welcome to use my, my uh, Semitic scrotum here for your stubby holder. He writes, postscript, don't let anyone tell you your limey accents suck because I think they're spot on. As for your Aussie ones, equally piss funny. So there you go. Take it from Jason. Go buy yourself a sick and wrong t-shirt. Do your part to support the show. Uh, we got uh, two things here. To, uh, two more announcements. Sick and wrong video of the week uh, was, is dedicated... To former Alaska Senator Ted Stevens. And uh, you rough, might man. remember Ted Stevens I as remember. the creator of the term, the Internet's a series of tubes. The series of tubes. The intertubes. Series of tubes. He'll be remembered for that 
way longer than he's ever remembered for any senatorial laws or decrees or bridges to nowhere or anything that he ever does. No, he was the last senator for years. I mean, the man was like in his 80s. And plus, and, uh, he was super old, and he went out in a blaze of glory, dying in a horrific plane crash. Yeah, he was on. Was he on like a fishing expedition? And the plane went down, and yeah. just, uh, everyone was burned alive. Well, I think two people survived: a kid yeah. and his dad. What's interesting? Uh, I think you pointed this out on the YouTube page where this video is uh, is posted. There's a quote from Jedi Hunter, 176. The top-rated top comment. It says, rest in peace, Stevens. And if anyone's wondering, no, he did not go to heaven or hell. His soul fused into the tubes of the internet. <laughs> you know, really I'll drink, I will drink to that. Cheers. Ted Stevens. Here you go, Teddy. His soul fused into the tubes. Tubes. So go check it out, people. The bit of the week we're going to post is uh, Ted Stevens. The internet is a series of tubes. Finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by Jamie from Northern Ireland. He goes, this is an awesome song, Asian Hooker by Steel Panther. They're kind of <laughs> like a fucked up spinal tap. I don't know if, you, if you've if you ever heard of that band, Steel Panther? No. I've they do kind of look like spinal tap. So we're going to end the show here with Asian Hooker by Steel Panther. Thanks, Jamie, for sending that in. People will be back next week with episode 240. Till then, take it sleazy.
like this guy. This dude wrote in. My current girlfriend suggested I send this story in. A few years ago, I was going down to my ex-girlfriend behind as she was bent over the bed. I was licking her arsehole. I grasped a cheek in each hand, spread her ass open, and just as I was about to stick my tongue right in, there was a long, soft wisp of warm air <laughs> vented straight into my oh, open the mouth. the Japanese have a good way of farting. <laughs> I was shocked for a minute as I tasted her foul anal whisper. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit right there. Why? He says that she ate curry. He's just being dramatic. If you're licking your, if you're gonna put your tongue in a chick's butthole and she farts, you don't care. You're you're already committed. That's what a if, bullshit story. What if some poo came out? <laughs> you didn't say poo came out. <laughs> it's uh, the butthole smells like butthole. It is because you smell the fart. Oh, I was so disturbed. That's a made-up story. Well, you know, at the at the same time though, it's like it's a good story to tell at parties. So good and bad, mostly bad. But you know, the fact of the matter is, you're licking out a girl's butthole. Yeah. What do you expect? Oh, what you comes out of an ass? Shit and farts. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know even like to do 69 because the fucking nose is too close to that area. I don't mind it, dude. I've ruined many a girls. Would Doesn't you mind if, if she farted at that point? I you would just laugh fight? and laugh. And you wouldn't stop licking. Well, I'd probably let the smell <laughs> dissipate a little bit and like fan the region and then... Uh, uh, I always think it's funny when people are licking buttholes and they're out of their face by the butthole and they're like, and the fart came out and it changed my perspective. No, I was so disgusted by the smell no. that I left the room and didn't speak to her for the rest of the night. <laughs> Did you really say that? <laughs> I totally want to do this email because it's All right, so funny. do it. I still think it's made up. <laughs> the dude, that's like a th- that's like the Scottish kid being like, "I wonder what a chick's butthole is like." Oh, I'm gonna make up a story about a fart. But yeah, but he's eloquent about it though. You know, yeah. her foul ankle whisper. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that one and then we'll we'll end it here. 